Thanks. Hey, everyone. My name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Columbus, and it is time for the tea. Tea Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. Here we are in our series of October episodes where we are focusing on emotional wellness. This is our first episode to kick off the month. We're going to be talking about fertility, self-awareness in relationships, and some risk factors that interfere with our wellness. So I am very excited for our topic today, which is my body feels like it's failing me, women and fertility challenges. So you all know I like to get going. So without further ado, <laughs> I'd like <laughs> to introduce my most fabulous guest who is joining us yeah. on Pacific time. So I thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for adjusting your schedule to be on Dr. Wiyada Fenbula. Bula. <laughs> Names are important, so I want to make sure I get her name right, but yes. I will be calling her Dr. Wiata. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Wiata, <laughs> how are you? Good. Um, good, good. Um, she is known as Dr. Wiata to her friends and clients, and she's a licensed psychologist who divides her time between clinical practice, training, and consulting. She began her career as a forensic psychologist working in state and federal jails and later transitioned into private practice. In her clinical practice, she favors mm -hmm. a client-centered therapeutic approach and specializes in working with professional women facing career obstacles, major life transitions, and fertility challenges. As a reproductive Fertility psychologist, Dr. Wiata provides therapy for women and couples wanting to become parents and conducts third-party evaluations for surrogates and donors. Welcome to Tea Time with the Dr. Tarver, Dr. Wiata. Hi. 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 I feel like I'm in, the, I love being in the East Coast vibe. I have the East Coast vibe. <laughs> you get a little East Coast, you get to come on over and hang out with us, Georgians. Uh, I know. <laughs> Well, oh we've goodness. got a lot of questions. I always put a lot of questions out there. To, uh, <laughs> so I try to pack a lot of information uh, in this little shy of an hour time frame. So let's get into some of this good stuff. Uh, we know that one of the moments that brings families a lot of joy is the birth of a child. Um, mm -hmm. But however, it is important for us to also have a conversation that there are a lot of obstacles that can interfere with us bringing a healthy <laughs> child into this world. Can you talk with our audience about infertility, what may be some of the causes, and how can our infertility issues affect women or couples? Sure. Well, so funny, well, I don't know, not funny, but this month is actually October's infer Infertility um, Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month, and October 15th is the day that they so recognize infertility, yes. um, what's it called? pregnancy loss and awareness and infant loss. So what are some things that cause fertility? It could be, it's a medical, first it's a medical condition. It could be anything from endometriosis. It could be fibroids. Um, sometimes it's just unexplained. You know, they don't know what's causing it. Sometimes people are able to get pregnant and they just cannot carry a pregnancy to term and they lose the pregnancy along the way. Um, that also what we don't talk about a lot is secondary infertility. Somebody may have carried a pregnancy to term, had a child, and then they're having the struggle getting pregnant again. So it could be a lot of those issues, like some medical issues and 
oftentimes it's often unexplained. There's also PCOS. So several medical reasons can be it. And for males, because it impacts males and females. So it could be low, um, low sperm count. It could be um, so many things. I just, it's just so many things that impact. And then what was the second part to the question? So I want to make sure I cover everything. What may be some of the causes and how can infertility issues affect a woman or couple? Okay, so it can, well, okay, so woman, it can affect you, your self-esteem and it can affect your self-esteem. It can affect how you view yourself, how you view your body. Um, I am unable to carry a child. I'm unable to get pregnant. What does that mean about me? Did I do something wrong to deserve this? What did I do? And you can look back over your life and see all the mistakes you made, but really, it's like someone blaming themselves for having, I don't know, cancer, you know, mm -hmm. anything. You don't blame yourself, you know, with something that happened. So, but because it's such a stigma and not many people talk about it, we live in this like isolated world. And there's also a lot of grief that comes with it. There's a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, and it just consumes your life. It may impact your relationship so it can exacerbate things that were already happening in the relationship. So it's important to have communication with your partner about your fears, about those things that are um, concerning to you. I always tell my, my couple of clients, I'm like, you know, schedule a time, schedule a couple of times a week or however much time you want to allot to talk about all things infertility mm. and then you put it on the back burner because what you don't want to do is because it's so consuming it's just let it like take over take over take over so find times to talk about it and address it like address the depression address the anxiety that comes along with it because it's real and studies show that the 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 anxiety and depression that comes when someone is struggling with infertility is equivalent to what someone who has been diagnosed with cancer struggles with. And that's just showing how impactful and traumatic infertility is. You gave a lot of good information. So I'm gonna wind it back a little bit. We got a question from one of our viewers and this touches on something you said, which is uh, men, right? Because oftentimes mm -hmm. men can feel really left out of this conversation mm -hmm. um, and feel invisible in this yes. process. Right. So one of our one of our viewers asked, how can men be a positive and supportive partner or have a positive role in addressing infertility? I love what you said about setting aside time for infertility, infer all things infertility. Um, mm -hmm. But how specifically can men be supportive and even understand how some things that may be going on with them can be affecting infertility? Okay, so so a lot of times we get that the guys are, like you said, seem like a little off to the corner and it's just happening to her. So what will be important is schedule, maybe sometimes taking the opportunity to say, let me schedule the appointment. Let me talk to the doctor too. Let me come to the appointments with you. And if someone is going through treatments, being present so you understand, like how do the drugs impact the drugs that you're putting into your body to help, you know, with the fertility journey, how does that impact you? And how does that then impact our relationship? So it's about being open because what happens is, I think a lot of times the guys may feel like, I don't want to pressure or make her feel a certain way. And because she's already, if it's, if it's 
an issue that's feminine, that's the female issue. If it's because of, you know, what's happening with her body, that the infertility is, that is causing the infertility, the medical condition with her body, then we know how can he be supportive? It's by coming in, it's by talking, it's by saying, you know, I understand this is a medical issue, reiterating to her, like, I also still see you as this beautiful being, this whole being that has this condition that she's struggling with. And, um, but also as the, the partner, she wants to know, like, what are you, what are you dealing with? How is this affecting you? Because I understand the focus is on me, 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 but how is this affecting you? Because what happens a lot of times, my clients will say to me, I don't know how he's fine. Like it's not even impacting him. I don't think he really even cares, but really on and then when I have couples, the guy's like, no, I'm crumbling inside, but she doesn't know that. So let her know how this impairs you as well. That's, that's some partner. really good. That's some really good feedback because I do think sometimes we suffer silently um, in a couple. I may yeah. be going through some things and you may be going through some things and we're not talking about it. Exactly. So we don't know that each other is struggling. Exactly. And that transparency can help. Like, hey, yes. what are you experiencing? I know I'm experiencing different things over mm -hmm. here in my body, but what are you experiencing mm -hmm. over there in yours? And that you right. mentioned earlier all of the, the guilt and the shame and we, um, we internalize, like something's mm -hmm. wrong with me. Exactly. I'm broken in some way. That is exactly what comes up. Like I'm broken. And who do you talk to because you're broken? And then if it's the other way where it's the male, because you know, he's supposed to provide and protect and he's supposed to give the sperm. Mm -hmm. How does he deal with that? You know, what's the guilt with that? Does it in, in his head, because in her head, she's not woman. It's, it's in his head. It's like, I'm not man enough. I cannot give you the things I'm supposed to give you. So they both deal with that, you know, and also address her fears. Like when he says, how can I be supportive? Because one thing that would run through your partner's mind is because I cannot my body is not allowing me to bring forth a child. Mm. Are they going to leave me and find somebody else who can? Mm. That's real talk. Like that has to be addressed, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's not something that she says, but it's something that's in the back of her mind. And I think that's important for people to know too. Like we, we struggle with things, our anxiety, mm -hmm. because fear, right? We're afraid. Exactly. Um, if I'm, if I don't feel like I'm whole, then why would you stay with me? If right. I feel like I'm broken, then I'm not worthy. And so I'm thinking I'm not worthy. So I, I'm thinking you don't think I'm worthy either. Exactly. Exactly. So, right. So I start engaging with you as if, which you mentioned, um, conflict that yes. can occur in couples because I start, you know, the, the things that I'm perceiving, mm -hmm. um, the things that I'm believing about myself, I'm now projecting onto you. And so I, that begins to be my truth. Why would exactly. you want me? Um, exactly. from, from both partners, because as yeah. you said, with the man, if there's an issue with the sperm, it's like, well, I'm broken. Why would you yeah. want to be right. with me? Yeah. Why would you stay with me when someone else could get you pregnant? And you wouldn't be having these issues. And as the woman, well, why would you want to stay with me when I can't bring forth a child for you? Yeah. And sometimes another thing happens is sometimes it's both partners mm. that have fertility issues. Mm. How do you deal with that? You know, because there has to come to an understanding. And then this way you get into third party and all that. Mm -hmm. Then you have come to an understanding. Like, how do we as a couple move forward? How do we identify what family looks like for us? Is family just the two of us? Or do we grow our family mm -hmm. by some other um, alternative, like reproductive method? 
So. so that gets into the financial piece. And I know that can be mm -hmm. stressful for couples as well because yeah. fertility treatments are not cheap. Mm -hmm. um, especially so, in the U.S. Yeah, yeah so as we think US. about the, we know that some of the major things that can break up a couple, communication issues, financial, financial. issues, right? Mm -hmm. So this, I imagine, can be a challenge as well in couples is about, yeah. well, if if one person is thinking, well, I'd like to try to move forward with some fertility options to see, um, you know, if I can possibly be able to conceive. Mm -hmm. And it's like, where does money going to come from? Yes. And then, so... And I think even before you get to the money, well, before you even get there, it's like, okay, if you're wanting to do this, how do, are we on the same page? Mm, mm -hmm. Are we even on the same page? Because if one person's like, I'm totally not down, then that's mm -hmm. a whole different discussion. But if you guys are on the same page, let's do this. We just have to figure out the money. You have to figure out, okay, if we do this, how long are we willing to do this for mm. and for how much? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we have to be realistic. How long, how much, how much time, emotionally, mm -hmm. financially. But also there's some great, like I, there's some great, um, this is website is fertilityiq.com. Okay. Fertility. And they list a lot of um, organizations that give grants, that give um, interest-free loans, that give scholarships. So you go on that site and it, it, it breaks it down nationally and then it breaks it down, you know, one or two in each state. So fertilityiq.com is a great one. It shows you like where you can get some free money. But, you know, a lot of times I, I guess if it's, it's a grant, you have to write and all of this stuff. But you got to be willing to, to go the nine for your family. Well, when you recognize that insurance uh, is not, you know, mandated to cover the cost of infertility treatments yes. uh, or fertility treatments, and that even in the states that it is covered, um, that doesn't... Not everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you are left to be looking at what are some things that we can do. Exactly. Now, there's another... It's, I, I think I kind of... It's like an AFLAC for fertility, and it's called CARAT. Is, I think it's carrot.com is their, okay. their site. And now carrot, like the is, orange carrot. Yeah. Okay. And so they're like a supplemental insurance. So what you could do is you could talk to your company and see if this is something that they would like, they could bring on as part of their benefits package. Mm, so like because kind of a rider you can add exactly, on. You okay. can add on to benefits package because a lot of the research is showing like, you know, these millennials, they want to go to places that support, um, that um, have, fertility covered in the insurance benefits package. So that's something you can bring to the table, like HR can start looking into this or the benefits department. I think that's another great one. Another resource is resolve.org. They would have a lot of information they can share. I'll send you some links. Just okay, so you great. Can yeah, I'll pull them into the... Mm -hmm. And then we are robbing, but definitely Fertility IQ lists a lot of, um, you know, um, resources for free money. This is important too. You mentioned even before we get to talking about the cost, we need to talk about if we're even on the same page mm -hmm. with wanting to engage in fertility treatments, because yeah. I do recognize that some people don't see that as natural. Um, exactly. And so they have significant concerns about, you know, we've heard the inappropriate jokes about, I don't want to test two baby and 
Um, you know, I don't want uh, to be messing with God's plan and nature right. and, and all of these things. And is this going to cause some long-term negative effects? <laughs> so, yeah, I know that people have concerns. Yeah. I, I imagine these are conversations that you have had with, um, yes. with your clients. Exactly. And also culturally, too, because um, some cultures, it's like, that's, no, that's not acceptable. And off the top of my head, now I can't say which cultures, but a lot of places are like, that's not even heard of. You don't mm -hmm. do that. Um, but if it's a concern, you might need some marriage counseling. To, well, here's the thing. If that is a concern, I think the best way to handle that is to educate find someone who can educate you on what infertility treatments mean, why they're necessary, and why it's so, um, one in eight couples struggle with infertility. That's helpful to know. One in eight. How common it is. Couples struggle with infertility. So that just shows like there's more people that are doing it than we are aware of, but people don't talk about it. And I think finding someone who can educate you on what it means, what it looks like, what it doesn't mean about you will help whoever is, have, is struggling with, I don't wanna do that, I don't wanna test you baby, or whatever it means to them, have a better understanding of what it means to create a family, to have a family, to plan Absolutely. a family. Absolutely. Because these are things, right? When we, I mean, cause none of us knows no. As as we're growing up, like, oh, hey, I'm going to have fertility issues no. one day, right? Like, exactly. so none of us are planning for, like you said, the millennials are a little different. They're planning for everything. They're learning. Right. <laughs> they are learning from us. My eggs. Like, yeah. Let me have uh, cancer. Let me just make sure that I'm covered. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, these are things that we, as you said, we weren't even talking about. Uh, if you had fertility issues, that wasn't something that you shared. And the right. horror Still. stories... Right. Absolutely. Still, because the horror stories are people are going to judge you um, yes. and people are going to leave you. Exactly. That's it. Because you're not something's flawed with you because right. God don't make mistakes, especially absolutely. if you're dealing with. Let's talk about saying in, in a religious household, God don't make mm -hmm. mistakes. So what's happening here with you? So there's all those things to take into consideration. What are some of the things that you say to your clients when they are internalizing these messages? Something's wrong with me. Um, I'm a mistake. I've, I've done something. I'm being punished. Mm -hmm. uh, this is why my body is failing me. I'm not worthy. Um, I'm useless. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, guilt, shame, like you said, PCOS, where there are things, I think mm -hmm. for some women, if they've ever had an abortion exactly. um, and then they have fertility issues, I did this to my body. Um, right. I, maybe I had cancer treatments and now I'm having fertility issues. Yeah. And so we have regrets, I think, about some things like, did I set myself up for this? What are yeah. some of the things that you talk to your clients about when they may be struggling with some of those issues? Well, it's like the first thing you said, we don't... <laughs> it's not something that we know off the bat that we're going to struggle with. So it's mm -hmm. not until you're trying that you realize, oh, this is what ha what's happening. Because you also deal with a lot of women who are like, oh my God, I'm ready to have kids. I'm a certain age. Boom. Oh, wow. I didn't realize this was even an issue. So I always go back to, if, you, if you're blaming yourself, um, let's look at the facts. So we have women who have had abortions, mm -hmm. who go on to have children. Yes. Um, we have, do you blame yourself if you have 
another illness? Like if there's another medical issue, are you the person that takes blame for having that issue? Or is it like genetically something happened with my body? And this is the, the card that was dealt to me, you know? So I find ways to um, take it away from the self-blame, the self-pressure. I also like to use the little, um, what is it? The ACT and where yes. we go into like, I love when I tell my clients, what if you say, instead of saying, I'm feeling this way, I'm having a thought that mm -hmm. I'm not whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I find like when we do that, I'm having a thought that mm -hmm. it kind of distances them yes. from the feeling and they're able to say, wait, so I'm thinking this, but it doesn't necessarily mean that feeling is really true. Absolutely. Then we can say, okay, so what are the facts now? Now that you've identified that this is a thought, what are the facts that you have about that? Because there's all these other things that are lining up. And then it just helps with time because as you know, it's cyclical. They're going to go right back to the thought. And we have to, it's like, we're going to keep doing this little exercise mm -hmm. until it become a habit. Mm -hmm. So that's one way that I deal with, with that. Just try to distance yourself from yes. it. Yeah. I appreciate that approach so much because I think that we, live in this space of misperception that, okay, like I'm, I'm, I'm I handled that now. So that's gone. Yeah. I can check that off. I'm not going to be dealing yeah. with that anymore. And well, that's not how it, it works. <laughs> right. That's not how that works at all. Like I'm not dealing with it. No, I, I, I need to recognize that these are going to be recurring thoughts as I go through mm -hmm. an experience. But as you said, if I recognize this as a thought, then that allows me to have control over it. Yeah, it doesn't have to consume me. I can challenge it. What evidence do I have to exactly. support it? It doesn't have to be my truth simply yes. because it's a thought. And so I really yes. appreciate that because I do think that we are, when we're growing up, we are just encouraged that whatever a thought is, is, is truth. It's the truth. That's, that's a fact. You thought this, but here's the other thing. Um, speaking about thought, I, now I totally lost my train of thought. It'll probably come back to me, but it was something that you said that triggered a thought for me. Oh, I also like for them to sit in the feeling, mm. like sit in the yucky feeling, yeah. because when we try to, you know, the, the thoughts are going wild because we're avoiding that feeling, right? Yeah. That so sit in it. Where are you experiencing that feeling? Like, where is it happening for you? And when clients can say, oh my God, it's in my chest, it's in my stomach, it's in wherever, then we can go, okay, so let's dig into that. Because so now that you've experienced it, you can be like, oh, I was avoiding it. And then me trying to avoid it, it was blowing up. But now mm -hmm. that I've allowed mm -hmm. myself to sit in it, I can actually manage it now because yeah. I know what it feels like and I can manage it. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that's the piece is you don't have to avoid feelings. <laughs> um, and it actually doesn't help them. They become more intense, no, just like anything do. else you avoid, right? You it's avoid like, those yeah. dishes, they're going to be more dishes. <laughs> yeah. You, you want to eat the cake? If you don't just get a little piece, you're going to probably yes. eat like three quarters of it. Absolutely. Like, if so, not the whole thing. If not the whole um, thing. Right. So it. if we go, <laughs> come on, somebody. Um, however, if we allow ourselves to be uncomfortable, and that's the thing that we try to avoid is we don't yes. want to be uncomfortable. Exactly. Um, life is uncomfortable. Very. For growth. For movement. Come on. Yeah. If for you're going to move, movement. absolutely. Absolutely. You are going to be uncomfortable. If you are yeah. not uncomfortable, I actually question, what are you are doing? You? Right. You just right here. Absolutely. We just, we maintain it. We're, we're existing. Right. We are, we're not growing. We're not living. We're yeah. not moving. We're not enjoying. We are existing. Um, and, and yes, that's comfortable, 
uh, it also does not allow you to be able to progress. And exactly. so you'll be dealing with that. Like you said, that thought will keep coming back. I'll be in the same yeah. place over and over again. Yeah. Um, it'll keep showing up. Because it wants you to acknowledge it. Like, yeah. acknowledge me. I'm here. Absolutely. Hello. In the same way we want to be acknowledged. Yeah. I want to be heard. I want to be seen. Well, Absolutely. I want to be heard and seen too. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so let me give you some time, but I can give you some structured time. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you um, talked about some of the shame, why we don't talk about uh, infertility. Uh, I do recognize that sometimes in our well-intentioned ways, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we can be contributing to some pressure that yes. we put on people when we ask them, when are you going to have a child? What's going on with the process? Oh, you started fertility. When are you going to have a baby? Oh and so what, what are some of the things that may be <laughs> helpful and not as helpful for family and friends <laughs> to say? <laughs> What you waiting for? Well, you ain't getting no younger. Mm. Okay. So here's the thing. When, like I always said, when somebody's struggling with fertility, nobody's running around saying, oh my God, I can't have kids. I'm, I, I can't get pregnant or I keep losing. But nobody's running around and making these announcements. So let's just say somebody's been married for several years and they don't have kids. That's usually when someone's going to be like, well, what are y'all waiting for? Right there, always ask yourself the question, is this question, first of all, my thing is don't even ask, right. just don't, but maybe you have, a, now there's sometimes where maybe a parent might say, there's a way to ask depending on the dynamic of your relationship with the person you're about to ask. And it could be, do you guys want children? But I think only certain people can ask that question and it depends on the relationship. But if you're like just, you know, the cool auntie, uncle, family, friend, cousin, whatever, ask yourself, why is this significant to me that I ask this right now? And what impact does me, what impact would this have on my life? Whatever the answer is, how is that impacting your life? Why is it necessary that you need to ask that question? Because I know you're just doing it because you think it's fun, but that could be, what if it's the day that Somebody suffered a pregnant pregnancy loss last or a miscarriage last week. And this is their first time coming out and they just want to just enjoy the day without thinking about it. And here you come. So what you waiting for? Why? So those are things that always put those thoughts to mind because you don't know. You don't know. And I mean, I know people who do like the little, um, oh, I'm pregnant joke and send it to people. Is that a thing? Oh, that's the thing. Like people do that, especially around Mother's Day. It's a huge thing that people do. And I'm like, be careful who you're sending that information to because you just don't know. Or when somebody says, if somebody does confide in you and say, you know what, I, I've been trying, I struggle with infertility. I know you mean well, but when you start saying, well, just pray about it and all this stuff. No, like. Just what, don't. Really? Just don't. You know, I mean, yeah, we, we, we acknowledge faith for those who, who believe in a higher power. We acknowledge that. But don't come at the person with, oh, just pray about it. Because that's saying all this other stuff that you're doing, you invalidate that. But if, yes. Because if you just pray, you're going to be okay. Or if, you, if you're not okay, that means you, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough you're faith. You're not a Right. So what message are you sending to are a you, person? Exactly. So right. you just got to be really careful. My thing is just 
just don't. It's easier said than done yeah. for some people who that's mm. their MO, but just don't. Yeah. Um, one of one of our viewers said, is that even something that should be outside of the couple? <laughs> exactly. I mean, it, it really and, shouldn't. And I think that's a valid question. You know, as you said, if I'm a, a parent and I may be concerned about you because I know that you've expressed a mm -hmm. desire to have children, you know, then like you said, I may be able to say, hey, baby girl, is everything going okay? I know that yeah. you expressed the desire to, to me that you wanted to have kids um, a couple of years ago. And I just want to check in with you. How's your health? Yeah. How are you doing? Are there any things that you want to share yeah. with me or not? If you don't want to, exactly. um, but if you do, you know, I just want you to know I that hear. I'm a safe space. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. But yeah, your homegirls and your homeboys and people that uncles, like you said, cousins, auntie, um, we're nosy. Yeah. We're nosy and we, we want to um, focus on other people sometimes because it gets us all focusing on ourselves mm -hmm. and, and yeah, gone are the days where, where we don't think before we speak, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, in our youth, we were given a lot of grace about, mm -hmm. Hey, so that's not real tactful. And there are just certain things that you don't ask about. Right. So yes. at, by this point, we've learned that there are people who are dealing with a lot of things and Right. And they don't and, and they shouldn't because it's not our business. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we just want to be sensitive. I've not heard of the whole um pregnant. Oh, you so, haven't? No, oh, maybe because I don't want to believe that's a thing. Oh, it's a thing. Like people do it as a joke. And it's especially around Mother's Day, which is one of the hardest times for people oh dealing goodness. with infertility. It's like, I don't, this joke is not funny. Um, but I do want to acknowledge that I'm not saying that the people who are asking are bad. No. Because a lot of times they're doing it because they're excited. Well-intentioned, well-intentioned. Mm -hmm. But just know sometimes your well-intention is hurtful to someone else. And they're likely not going to say, that was really hurtful. They're going to go home mm -hmm. and cry about it. And internalize that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Absolutely. what's going to happen. So you will never know. Mm -hmm. But I think that's an excellent point because I know sometimes we are like, oh, I feel so awful. Um, and it's not that we're bad people. Lord mm -hmm. knows I've asked that question, mm -hmm. um, earlier on, uh, before I knew better, right? Growth. Yeah, um, and yeah. so, but the reason I know better is because somebody told me better. And exactly. so this is an opportunity for people who are like, oh, you know what? I do ask that regularly. Let me think yeah. about making yeah. a change from doing that. So I think that's a yeah. great point to bring up. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean yeah. you have bad intentions. Um, it's just something that sometimes we do. We don't even think about yeah. it. Hey, when y'all gonna have, like you said, been married for a while, you've been together for a while. When y'all gonna have kids? Not even mm -hmm. thinking about, I have no idea what you have dealt with in your bodies. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's an excellent point. Um, you know, I, I recognize you mentioned uh, the faith piece, right? So I recognize that we all have a variety of ways mm -hmm. that we cope and deal with things. Um, and I understand that for some people, this shame prevents them from exploring all potential options. Yeah. Um, and so you mm -hmm. gave some good resources that I think it's helpful for people to understand you can do a variety of things. Yeah. So you mentioned first get some education. <laughs> Definitely get some education. Go and get your, first get your body checked. 
with a reproductive endocrinologist and any of your OBGYNs can refer you if that's not something they do. Reproductive endocrinologists, they can test to see what is going on. So at least if there is an issue, they're gonna say, this is the source of the issue, is this, or we just don't know why it's happening. So do that. So that's a first step. So if you're mm -hmm. experiencing some challenges getting pregnant, yes. let me see, because I do know that sometimes we don't know beyond the gynecologist obstetrician. Mm -hmm. We may not know about some of these other specializations. Yes. Um, and so you said reproductive endocrinologist. Yes. And then there's the um, urologists for the guys. But they, they also work with the reproductive endocrinologist as a couple, but the guys will go to the urologist and they check sperm count and mm -hmm. sperm movement and all of that. So for anyone who doesn't know, it sounds like you can go through your PCP, you can go through your GYN. I know a lot of people have those as their primary providers mm -hmm. and ask them questions and get the referral to the appropriate yes. specialization if your provider does not. Exactly. If have specialized training in that area. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I know that there may be some other, so first go get checked out. Um, then you depending on the results of that, may mm -hmm. need to get some education Yes, about options. About options and some of your options. So some of the options will be, um, a lot of people tend to start off with um, IUI, which is intrauterine insemination. That's when they take sperm. It could be from your partner. It could be from a sperm bank. If you're a single mother, single mother by choice, because we have that too, yeah. they take a sperm and they insert it into your uterus. And so it's artificial insemination. And then that's usually the first step people will try and see if they're gonna um, carry a pregnancy that way. And if they do that for some people a couple of times, then they're like, we're gonna move on to IVF, which is more extensive at transfer days. We're taking a lot of shots. You do take shots too with um, um, IUIs, but you know, this one you do transfer, they take it out, they put it, put it back in you. And that's a lot, there could be a lot of success rate with that. But again, you never know because sometimes depending on the age, mm -hmm. depending on, so a lot of stuff plays into that. Then you can also do, um, do a third party. Um, so third party, like you can have an egg donor. Maybe you, you don't have, your egg quality is not, is low, they can't get the eggs. So you can use an egg donor somebody younger you know I know for the black a lot of times African-Americans or black people say there's not a lot of black egg donors and you know people want somebody who kind of favors them a little yeah. bit so you can get frozen or you can get fresh it all depends you can get somebody who's a known donor meaning someone who might be in your family mm. who's willing to do that you can get someone who you don't know at all some people let's say if it's a couple both they can have an embryo where it's like the sperm and the eggs have been donated and oh. they implant it into her so that's embryo donation okay um there's also surrogacy now we have two types of surrogacy there's um a traditional surrogate so let's just say um i want to have a baby but my body like i said my body is not allowing me to do that and you're like well i'm a surrogate i will have a baby and gift this couple, this woman, this person with the baby. So I'm just like someone who carries. So genetically, the baby is linked to you, the surrogate. Mm. And, and then it's 
you know, is gifted to me because you have people who are altruistic like that. Then you have gestational carriers, which is I'll take my egg or a donor egg and put it in you and you carry the baby for me because maybe my body hasn't been able to carry a baby to term. And then at the end, I'll have the baby too. And then of course, there's adoption. Yes, I'm a, uh, I was adopted, so I'm always a big fan mm-hmm. of when I was, uh, oh. when people, when people adopt. So shout out to my yes. parents uh, for adopting me. And then, well, I have an older brother. We weren't from the same family. So they adopted two kiddos um, from two families. So uh, I always appreciate Dolores and Moses Tarver. Yeah, um, that's wonderful. Yes, absolutely. And you have the name. Oh, my God. So do you name after mom? Yeah, I'm named Wonderful. after mom and my brother's named after my father. So, yeah, Wonderful. super cute. Uh, I didn't think it was cute when I was little, though. Uh, <laughs> a, a little girl named Dolores. Yeah, okay. Um, but I appreciate it now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you're just not that many walking words. So when you're in the room, it's like, Dolores, you know it's you, right? Yeah, I, know it's, like, it's I do know it's me. I do know that's me. Um but yeah, so I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize all of those options. I think I was familiar with a good bit of them, but mm-hmm. the altruistic piece of um, I just gift you the baby, I, I didn't even know yeah. that that was an option. And you mentioned- um, The gestational. Yes, yes. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So there are a lot yeah. of different options for people to consider. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot of information, I imagine, to digest and process. It is. And, make these yeah. very, um, you know, potentially tough decisions. Exactly. With the um, surrogate piece, you know, you're dealing with, well, I'm not genetically linked to the baby, but then you also think about this, like, or yeah, I'm not genetically linked or with the donor, or let's say you, somebody, you, you're you using an egg donor and you're carrying the baby. So some mom is like, but I'm not genetically linked to the baby, but you are carrying Mm-hmm. that baby so there's you know food that you're eating is yeah. going into so there's yeah. a lot of things that will carry even though the dna is different but absolutely you've been the the womb that carries yeah. the baby yeah and if you think about it like i don't have kids but i was home my sister my first well my second my first niece and i was there when she was born and i remembered i was like oh my god if I can love her this much, I don't even know how much my sister loves her because I can't even express how much love I have for this little human being. So, Aww. you know, it's just, and I, you, you, when I talk to parents, I'm like, it's, it's just one of people wanting to have a baby. It's like, not every mother who carries a child that she's genetically linked to is attached, right? Absolutely. In the that's, that's a myth and some of them mm-hmm. are like oh I really didn't know I didn't want mm-hmm. and sometimes it takes time and sometimes it may take you some time yeah. to attach emotionally to this shower you might fall in love instantly you, like, you fall in love instantly not everybody's falling in love instantly. no no so and then that helps ease some of the angst around it and yeah. then you just see parents who are like this you know um this was a surrogate or this mm-hmm. was a and you see those parents and the kids, you're like, why, why was, I, was I stressed? But I mean, it's, it's a real stress because you're like, well, how is it going? What are people going to know? What are people yes. going to say? Yes. You know, mm-hmm. it's also a huge thing. Like, do you tell the kids? Yes, we right. do tell the yes, kids. Yes, you do. Thank you. <laughs> you yes. do. I am one who was told and I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Yes. Because nowadays, when we talk to um, intended parents, we're like, 
there is no such thing as an anonymous donor anymore Mm-mm. with Absolutely. all these genetic testing. Absolutely. Around, and the last thing you want is your child to find out in the streets that, that, you were, that you were adopted and you didn't tell me because that feels like a yeah. huge betrayal. So you've been yeah. lying to me my whole life? This whole time? Yeah. Like, who really? am Then it's an identity crisis. Absolutely. Who, who am I? I? Absolutely. All of that. Yeah. All of that. But if you tell me, we can talk about it. And if I have mm-hmm. questions, I can get answers to the best of your yeah. ability. And that makes a huge difference yeah. in terms of building our connection. Um, exactly. Right. So absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, I know that you do a lot of great, amazing work. And I want to make sure that we give you some time to talk about what you're doing. Because I know that some people have never heard of a certified reproductive therapist. So what does that mean? Okay. (laughs) Um, And when might it be helpful to access one? Okay. So what that means, like I went to, um, this is organization, well, it's like, something just went in the eye. It's called American Society of Reproductive Medicine. It's like the gold standard for the reproductive um, industry, which is a whole industry. We go to conferences, like I'm going to a conference in two weeks. I went to a conference in April. I mean, it's like, whoa, that's a whole gang of people doing this. I love this. And so you get training, specific training, because yes, as mental health clinicians, we can treat grief, loss, and all these things, but there's also a medical component to it. So when you're talking like, I'm talking about um, IVI and I mean, IVF and IUI and donor and all this stuff. So imagine you as a clinician want to be, want to be knowledgeable about those things. I'm not saying you're going to know everything in depth, but you want to have a basic moderate advanced knowledge about those things. So when a client does come to you and is speaking this third, this um, infertility language, you understand what they're talking about. So I went through like training so that I still continue to do trainings. I still have like a a mentor. I have like somebody that I'm like, I need a supervisor because I want to make sure that I do stuff, you know, the right way, because it's a, it's a huge industry. And there's a lot of legalities involved in it, because when you're dealing with somebody who's donating eggs or sperm or um, embryos, you want to make sure, or you're dealing with somebody who's about to carry somebody's child, you want to make sure they're doing it for the right reasons and not, there's nothing nefarious happening. So take, um, so join the organize, so you join the organizations, you, um, there's all these mental health, there's a mental health group in American Society of Reproductive Medicine. And we, like I said, we have conferences and stuff. And there's a lot of articles. There's a lot of reading, just constantly educating yourself. I think I answered your question. Did I answer your question? You you have done great and you just keep on going. Um, because, I, because I do think it's important for people to recognize that it's a specialized level of training. And you're yes. right. Like in, in general, your mental health provider is a generalist. Um, yes. However, you may want more specialization when you're dealing mm-hmm. with particular issues. And that is a exactly. um, very something very specific that not all providers would know about. And the last exactly. thing you want is to, when you're ready to open up and talk about some of these things, recognize like, okay, this isn't necessarily the best yeah. fit for me because this person doesn't have cool. this specialized yeah. training. Exactly. Like if somebody's coming to me and saying, I'm taking this shot or whatever, and as the provider, I want to know like, hey, you know, be aware emotionally, this could cause this to happen with you. And so when you're dealing in your relationship, you're realizing like, why are you popping off every day? Mm-hmm. 
you know, oh, wait, maybe the shot that I took mm. yesterday is impacting me emotionally. So you want somebody who can like speak on those terms. Mm -hmm. And I would say if you, if that's a field that you want to go into, get the appropriate training. You know, you can be a generalist, but get the appropriate training. It just makes the world of difference because it's growing and there's new things every day that's coming yeah. out, you know? Mm. And I forgot the second part to your question. Um, when it would be helpful to access one. Okay, so maybe once you find out that you struggle with infertility and for some people they can just see, maybe once you find out you struggle with infertility, but definitely when you are about to start those treatments, I would say, because like you said, there's so many things running through your head am I good enough? What did I do? Why is this happening to me? All those questions. And then just dealing with the fact that you need assistance to get pregnant. I think it will be a good time to talk to someone. And what are the things that you need to be looking for when you're looking for a uh, reproductive? Let me see. I put my little list together. But you put your list oh, together. What I you got? What you got? So I always say, and again, I would always say you you can be a generalist and you can touch on the basic emotions that come with infertility. But I would say when you're looking, do you have specialized training in dealing with individuals who struggle with infertility? Because even when you go to work with like the medical doctors, as a reproductive psychologist, they want to know, do you have specialized training? So if I'm calling you and say, this person is dealing with ABCD, that you're like, okay, I understand what you're saying. And this is what they need, you know, can you work with them? So do you have any specialized training with the language, you know, in the field? And it's really well known that most people who work with infertility patients as a mental health provider have struggled with infertility. Not all, but most. And I'm not saying you have to have had, but it would be great if you have some professional experience in working with them or personal profession professional could be maybe you worked at the reproductive clinic clinic and you're like I want to go into this field so you understand what what comes with it um professional could mean uh, or personal could mean like you have people in your family or you know people who have dealt with what, fertility issues or it could be you've dealt with fertility issues so you want to Again, just have knowledge around it. Because like I said, the last thing you wanna get into the room and you're having to educate your mental health provider and you're like, I'm, I don't wanna teach you. I yeah, want you to. It does not feel good. It doesn't feel good. Like mm -hmm. they're like, okay, so what does that mean? Like, okay, I don't wanna teach you. Mm -hmm. So look for those things in a provider. And there's, or, listen, there's directories where you can find people who specialize in this. Um, okay. American Society of Reproductive Medicine. And again, I'll send you links. You're going to send me, okay. I'll send you links. And we are Robin, resolve.org. They all have mental health providers on there who specialize in reproductive um, psychology or reproductive mental health because some of them are social workers. Some of, so it depends on where you fall. Okay. I mean, and I think that's helpful because sometimes we don't know what to look for. Yeah. Like, you know, you... Um, may be reaching a variety of people and they may be like, huh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, where do I start? And 
you've given us some good websites uh, yeah. and you're going to, well, I'll drop Absolutely. them. Yeah, yeah. I'll drop them in the description uh, when I post on the other sites. Are there okay. any other resources or books um, or anything that you would recommend for people? Books, books, books. Ooh. Well, he, um, you know what? Social media has changed the game. It has. So, I mean, if you go and just put in infertility, mm. you can find so many sites. There's like infertility tips. There's, like I said, the, the organizations that I told you about, if you just mm. start there, um, the Cade Foundation, you have Black women and infertility. Oh, I mean, good. Everything on Instagram, you can find information. I'm trying to think of some books off the top of my head that deals with infertility. Um, even if you go on Amazon and just mm -hmm. like put in infertility books, mm -hmm. you'll get a whole, so you'll get a lot of information. Um, resources, something else that a lot of times um, your reproductive endocrinologist will recommend is work with the acupuncturist because they find like that also mm -hmm. is really helpful. Okay. So people refer to acupuncturists. They have people who specialize, acupuncturists who specialize in fertility. fertility. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. You learned it here first, people. You learned it here first. <laughs> Definitely. And they even have, like, if you don't want to go with, maybe you're like, oh, I don't want to speak to a therapist. Da, da, da. They have fertility coaches. Mm. You know, coaches are changing them. the game for people. Yeah. So they have mm -hmm. coaches too. Yeah. It feels more comfortable to people. Like, yeah. Like okay. I have a coach. Yeah. I have a coach. Go to opportunity coach. Okay. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. So sometimes yeah. that may be a little bit easier for people to digest. Mm -hmm. um, it's like, oh, you're a therapist. Coach. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm trying Absolutely. To think. I think those are a lot of the, re let me just make sure those are a lot of the resources. Yeah. Opportunity okay. coaches. Oh, and then European, this is, um, European Society of Human Reproduction is called ESHRI. So I, like I said, I'll send you all okay. those um, links. So Great. I don't know where people are, like your audience, I don't know where they are. And then, oh, F Facebook, mm. Facebook groups, like as far as for support, mm -hmm. listen, if you, go, if you go on Facebook, they have a group for everything. Literally. But now be careful with Facebook because then you could just be on there for hours going down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. But they have fertility groups on there. They have a lot of support groups and sometimes a lot of providers mental health providers mm -hmm. would sometimes provide um fertility groups so you can find support groups there as well okay awesome so speaking of social media mm -hmm. you have some sites uh yourself so I tell do. us about your social <laughs> media sites please and thank you so okay so specifically to fertility i'm at Fertility Counseling Now is my fertility side where I talk all things fertility. And then I have my Dr. Wiata, which is more for the professional women, you know, dealing with the other issues outside of fertility. But, and I also have TikTok, Dr. Wiata, W-I-Y-A-T-T-A, um, on LinkedIn, Dr. Wiata. <laughs> so, but definitely for fertility, I have Fertility Counseling Now. And sometimes on my TikTok, every once in a while, I might talk about something fertility. But if you go to Fertility Counseling Now, that's where I do most of my um, fertility talks. But you also talk to women about a lot of different things, transitions and yes, all kinds That's of stuff. Yes. So Dr. Wiata, people, people can go to Dr. Wiata and get a, a, a range of, of things. I definitely would encourage people 
to yeah. follow you and and share that information with yeah. um, other women in your life who could exactly. benefit because I you know I think it's important when we're talking about how we feed ourselves that we make yes. sure on our social media pages we have some healthy people who are giving us wellness tips and information instead exactly. of just the doomsday scrolling um, right. that we can mm-hmm. we can get into so yeah. So yeah, I do. And I follow you. I'm like, you know, I'm always following like, oh, the, the mental health people. Yeah, I know. I'm like, oh, there's another person. one. There's another <laughs> one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I follow you as well. So yeah, so it's important for us to share resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's part of uh, the ways that we are collectively working on our wellness, right? Is that exactly. we're sharing these resources. So then we have less of these kind of moments where we're saying things that we later regret or being unaware of things like it allows us to educate ourselves without necessarily like you said having to be in therapy or having to have a coach but like oh hey there's some good general information out here that just can make me be a better human being exactly definitely um let me see what was I gonna say and then like I said fine and then just even outside of support groups stuff it's really important to have a good, strong support network, like a personal support network. That's really important. Um, people that you can turn to, like if you just, I don't want to talk. I just sitting in my infertility space, yes. dealing with stuff, just being able to have people you can do things with. Because what infertility does is it's very consuming mm-hmm. and people forget who they were, what life was like before they found out. Mm-hmm. As I always say to people, what was life like before you found out? What did you enjoy doing? Because they forget, oh, I forgot I used to like to do that. Mm-hmm. So I say something important to this, write down things that you used to enjoy and yeah. implement that and implement those things back into your life. And sometimes take breaks from all things fertility, yeah. how much you can stomach being away from it, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out, mm-hmm. but take mm-hmm. breaks, schedule some breaks. Like I need to do, I need to go on a vacation because- I need my life. I need to, you need to live as you go through the journey. You don't need to just exist in that space. That is really powerful. Like I will get so consumed that I forget that I have a life outside of whatever the struggle is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Sit in the space. Sit yeah. in the space. Yeah. yeah. And so when, and then when you find like, I have clients that be like, oh my God, I took a walk today. What was that like? It was good. I hadn't walked in like eight months. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. So get outside, get some rest. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the basic things that they tell us, get some movement, exercise, get some rest, eat well, cut things out that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you, you, can, you can say, well, so-and-so got pregnant. They were eating, drinking. Blah, blah, blah. Well, that ain't your story. Right. What do you focus, need to focus do? Focus on you. Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Do those things that you Absolutely. need to do. Yeah. 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 But you know, it's, it can be easier for us to focus on other people sometimes than to focus on us and those uncomfortable emotions. Yeah. You're like, well, how did they get pregnant? They were doing that. They were drunk on the night. That's fine. That ain't you right now. Not your story. That's not your ministry. (laughs) That's what I tell people. Um, Yeah. So absolutely focus on, on the things about you uh, that you want to nurture. One of my clients used to say, water your own tree. I like that. I like that too. Water your own tree. Water yeah. your own tree. Exactly. Mm. Let's focus, focus on your figs over here. Don't don't worry. Don't worry don't, about that. Right. Worry about them, don't worry about them oranges over there. Focus on you. What's your thing? Right. Focus Absolutely. Thing. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Well, Dr. Wiyad, I want to thank you so much for giving of your time and your talents to us. Mm -hmm. You have shared a lot of good information. And again, I'm going to drop all of the, Dr. Wiyad is going to share um, yeah. these sites and I'm going to make sure that I put them when I uh, post everything tomorrow for okay. uh, the different sites. So, uh, and you're on uh, Pacific time. So we want to thank am. you. <laughs> I know I'm going to go make dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you again for, for giving us some time in between uh, you finishing up with clients and you taking care of you. We will be continuing our October series this month. Wonderful. Next Tuesday, the 11th, we have Save Yourself Black Man, Overcoming mm -hmm. the Toxicity of Past Relationships. Very excited to have pastor and author Anthony Jameson Smith who will be joining me in that discussion. Yeah, we, we're getting it in here wow. in October. Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, absolutely. Like all of the stuff we're struggling with that we have a hard time talking about, let's talk about it. Wonderful. Uh, as we work on these wellness journeys. So thank you so much. Uh, the viewers appreciated the information that you shared uh, from the couple's perspective, from the male's perspective, from women who, like you said, may be chosen, uh, may be choosing to, choosing to have, yeah, absolutely. Single mother by choice. Single mother mm -hmm. by choice, right? So yeah. you gave a lot of range of people who may be dealing with different things, different options that people may right. be exploring, providers that people um, can check out who may be able to help them better understand what they're experiencing and how to mm -hmm. manage it. Um, yeah. And some good resources, websites, groups, a lot of support strategies that people can take advantage of. There are a lot of different ways for us to be well. You don't have to limit yourself to just yeah. one. We can we can both and. Um, <laughs> okay, right? you can pray and. <laughs> come on, come on. It doesn't have to be an either or. So uh, thank you again to our guest, Dr. Wiata. Thank you for all thank of you, you for joining us a little later uh, than typical for our show. But thank I you know, for, yeah. for staying up an hour later with us this evening. Everybody take care and be well. Okay. All bye. right. Bye-bye.